0: You ready? Welcome back, everyone, to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. And without further ado, I don't, <laughs> the introduction would take too long, the excitement would take over. You'd start hearing a bunch of fuzz. I'd go way too loud in volume. You name it, the the excitement's, it's here. Dan Mitchell is back. The Don Mafia Report is back on Buffalo Rumblings. How you doing, bro? Dude, honestly, and so first off,
1: and so I am just so excited that like the software seems to be working because at first we were like sort of skeptical so whether or not that this was going to work but it seems from like my point of view that uh this is working tremendously but besides that (laughs) so with with the answer to your question i am doing fantastic
0: you know there's okay so you know there's excitement when we're texting each other and you're just like but i'm gonna see your face right i'm not just gonna hear your voice i'm gonna see your face right that, that's yes. a bro That's a bro code thing, man. It's dude, like, I don't want to call super, you. I want to FaceTime call you. You know what I'm saying? Dude, super, I don't want to Snapchat. Super bro code.
1: Yes, 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 dude. Super bro code. As soon as when you said that you were going to be sending me over this link, which was Zencaster, last time we collabed, it was exclusively our voices, and I was low-key super obsessed, super <laughs> upset that I didn't see your beautiful face like through that <laughs> point. But now... And so I'm happy. And so I'm ready to talk Bills. Let's
0: okay. So, out. listeners, you're not going to be able to see our faces, but I guarantee you our, our grins are, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're from cheek to cheek. We're super excited. Um, I had to get me a little something. I got me a little Jack and Coke. You got you a couple of beers. We need to bro down a little bit and break down what's going on in the NFL, man. So, number one, cheers to your yingling. Number two. Thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> number two. Uh, I want to talk about before we get into J.J. Watt. Before we get into Carson Wentz, I want to talk about Kwan Short. If I spell, if I said his name correctly, of course. What is your perspective on him? Do you take the leap and you know snag him out of free agency for you know the low, or you know what do you do? Yes. And so here's the deal, right? And so before
1: I even get into this, I can guarantee you about 70% of the listeners that are listening to the that are listening to this podcast are going to say, My God, not another Panthers player. For the <laughs> love of God, do not bring another Panthers player to the scene. But number one, we need to appreciate the fact that the Carolina Panthers are the farm organization of the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Number one. But number two, when it comes to Quan Short, when it comes to Quan Short, this man was a two-time Pro Bowler. He is an absolute stud right up the middle. And despite the fact that he has only played five games within the past two years, this is a guy that not only Shaw McDermott is super familiar with, but Star Lutalele is familiar with. Those two were drafted in the exact same year, first and second round. Surprisingly, Star was the first pick in that draft for the Carolina Panthers, and then Short was the second round pick, and both of them were absolutely filthy in the middle of that Carolina Panthers defensive line. When so I look at Quan Short. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go. Ahead. And so when I look at Quan Short, right? Signing this guy would be not only a run stuffer, but would be a guy that would be a very, very low-risk type signing and a high-ass ceiling. If this dude can stay healthy all 16 games in 2021, then he would be a damn steal. And for everyone that wants J.J. Watt, too, don't get me wrong. Listen, we have enough money, and so to be able to afford J.J. Watt, and so to be able to afford short as well. This is a guy, listen, Bill's mafia. Stop being upset about bringing in Panthers players. It's all about scheme fit.
0: Short is a tremendous scheme fit. Tell me if I'm wrong, please. So, I'm going to I'm going to start off with saying I believe that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are 60% locker room influence. Yes. 40% talent. Okay. Because I really think they are so much more nervous about bringing in someone who is super high talent, super toxic in the locker room. We got super lucky. And I'm still thankful to this day that Stefan Diggs did not go sour in Buffalo. He thrived and he excelled in ways that let's be real. We did not expect that to happen. Maybe towards the sixth, Oh, you know, six week on, but like from the beginning of the season, he just, he just shined as bright as any player in the NFL. Um, so that's where I begin. I feel like they're very analytical when it comes down to locker room influence and talent. Um, there's several examples, right? Obviously you look at a guy like Star Tutle and yes, we kind of, were all on the fence. I'm pretty sure everyone was a uh, 40% talent, yeah, but he's from the Panthers. Ah, oh, they're familiar with him. He's very mellow. He just feels like Buffalo. Sure. It's a good signing. Yeah, we need him. No one liked him at first and until they saw the void that was no star, you and so know, what once I'm he was gone. And so we didn't
1: realize what we had until <laughs> yeah. he was gone.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I do agree with you. You know, um now for me there there is this big question mark that is almost it feels like uncharted territory of that the Bills with this whole entire organization the way it is now, this is everyone's first time being one game away from the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And you think, what if, what if J.J. Watt was playing in that Chiefs game? You think, what if we just got a little bit more pressure? (laughs) Pressure, not little bit, just pressure on Patrick Mahomes. What would have happened? See, that's where this balance is. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you right now, J.J. Watt would replace Mario Addison mm-hmm. and possibly Star Latulele on that defensive line. And that's something that we really got to think about. It's like, okay, but that is a player that is polarizing. He may not be the superstar of old, but he definitely still has plenty of juice to help you with a couple more playoff runs. Um, And, you know, I I think obviously the report is, you know, there was mutual interest and as there should be, you know, I, I, J.J. Watt, I feel like if he would be in any other organization, I feel like Buffalo just lands in the top three in my head, where we are now, where we are now. I just feel like who he is, how he is on the field, especially he just feels like a player of old that you wish you could have seen in the nineties growing up. You know what I mean? Um, And he could bring that grit back. Definitely give (laughs) a lot more help to Jerry Hughes and possibly even be a very, very awesome mentor to AJ Epinesa. You know, Mm -hmm. I think AJ Epinesa definitely walked into a kind of a blind situation. Shaq Lawson leaves and, you know, and Shaq Lawson was one of the guys that even said he was like, you know, I think he's, he he could be a good player, but does he have the dog in him? And you got to learn, how to have that dog in you on the defensive line, getting used to the speed, knowing how, uh, you know, to get position, all these other things that go into that position on the defensive line. Um, but you just, you just get a feeling, you just get a feeling like, yeah, Brandon Bean's been waiting for this low key to see how things were yeah. unraveling in Houston, and I just feel like he's willing to make the sacrifices needed to get a guy like J.J. Watt in the building and if we need to stack the the line then we just do it in the draft. Our offense yeah. is fine. Uh, yeah, everyone's looking for the splash at tight end. It, we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. Look, here's my thing. Before we get into the whole grand scheme of, you know, we talked about Kwan Shorten and we talked about JJ Watt, like think about this. Like everyone's definitely like it's a it's kind of a s- small loud bubble that is the Bills fan base, right? Like we're all in each other's ear all the time on Twitter, and all we hear is each other's opinions, but we're not even thinking about how many other teams are going to have just as many issues with this cap space this year. We have no idea who's really going to hit the market. And once the market gets going and players just want to play, they just want to get a contract and they don't want to just sit out the season because they can't get the money they want. They're probably just going to go to whatever team they can. You know, so I'm waiting for the chips to fall, though, too. It's like, yes, J.J. Watt requested a release. There's a lot of hype, which helps out. You know, he, it, it provides inflation for his, you know, talent and who he is. But if this were to happen when, let's say, Patrick Peterson hits the market, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo hits the market, potentially, like all these huge names. I mean, J.J. Watt is probably going to be maybe number 10 on the list of interest to talk about in the vast media. You know what I'm saying? When you look at how many players could potentially hit the free agent market. So that's that's just kind of where I feel right now. You know what I mean? I want the Bills to get him, but, you know, you just trust how smart Brandon Bean is, don't you? For sure. For
1: sure. Honestly, like, I mean, like, one thing that I have been telling, like, my entire audience for the past couple of weeks is – Whenever there was a need for the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have made it happen. Like, look at, like, once the 2018 season ended, we needed more weapons for Josh Allen. And so with Brandon Bean, he delivered with that. And so we signed John Brown. And so we signed Cole Beasley. That season ended. And then the biggest need was a wide receiver number one. Brandon Bean... He went out and he got us a wide receiver number one, which was Stephon Diggs. Now, when it comes down to our biggest need, it is a pass rusher. Somebody that can disrupt offensive lines and be a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks. There is nothing in my mind that is making me think that Brandon Bean will not deliver on that. Whether or not that it's Kwan Short, so whether or not that it is J.J. Watt. Brandon Bean has a plan and he is going to deliver on this. And it's funny too, because like today, right as a matter of fact, the NFL just ended up announcing that it's most likely about to be $5 million more for cap space amongst all other teams moving forward. So we essentially, as of today, have $5 million more of what we can spend based off of cap space so, the theory of us being able to get a player like JJ Watt, while it was possible, it is so much more realistic now since all NFL teams have five million dollars more due to that cap space. And with that situation, I, dude, like I mean, like I have a feeling that Bean is going to make a move. I really do. I really, really do.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. You know, I think that history has shown that when the domino effect starts to happen, he just handles it like a pro yes. in every shape and form. And that's something to be really proud of because you look at how much dysfunction dysfunctionality is in so many organizations right now. Isn't it nice to be a Buffalo Bills fan and feel yes. at peace about this whole free agent of thing? Of course. And speaking of, of that, let's let us let us talk about, just briefly. I know he's I know he's not Buffalo related, but you talk about dysfunctionality and you look at oh my god, how people's cap is getting ruined off of trades and Carson Wentz, oh god, god bless him, he had a God bless I guess. Sh- I mean, just a crap shoot of a situation in Philadelphia, and he got out of it, mm-hmm. maybe unscathed. We we're gonna find out because he's going to Frank Reich. And Frank Reich knows him inside and out, and you know maybe he explodes with an offensive line that limited uh, their quarterback from getting sacked below twenty sacks, whereas over over in Philadelphia yeah. it was well over fifty, I believe. Um, so you look at that situation, and right away it's like okay, but I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real, real quick. I am of the belief that. As much as I want to trust the offensive line, I am of the belief that it is also the quarterback's responsibility to read blitzes to protect himself just as much. Would you not agree with that in regards to this whole Carson Wentz thing? And so 110%. For sure. For sure.
1: So so when it comes down right with Carson Wentz, honestly, and so like I think that Philly made a f- terrible mistake. Of letting him go. They legitimately just sent him to a team that arguably has the best offensive line in football. And I think Carson Wentz legitimately is going to dominate that division next year. I really, really do. Like, say that I like say that I were to make a hot take, this guy. And so it was about to like take the Colts right to the next level. In fact, I did end up making a video of like what I thought and so the Bills record was about to be. And so I did have us beating the Colts like when I made that video. But with Wentz, mm. I have a feeling that he's about to reignite his career. Yeah. And I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to significantly regret it. Like that City of Philly, bro, like I cannot believe that they gave up on that guy so damn fast. Yeah. One bad year and they kicked Uh that man to the curb. They kicked that man to the curb.
0: Well yeah, and uh, you look at you look at the injuries and then people they lose faith in players very quickly when it comes down to injury. Let's just be honest about that too. I think that that clouded his perception really bad. I mean, just, just in retrospect, I mean, imagine, imagine if Josh Allen was in that same situation, would you still believe in Josh Allen? I mean, you know, it's something you have to think about because I do think that Carson Wentz, I think low key, he's still explosive. I just think what holds him back is the supporting cast he had in Philly. It was very, very limited. And you know, going, uh, we're talking about this definitely because of Frank Reich. I like Frank Reich. So I got to give this a little bit of attention. Um, you know, Frank Reich has a way of knowing what he wants. And I'm going to tell you something right now. He knows what he's getting out of Carson Wentz and he knows he's going to get something very quick out of him. He's going to know the scheme. And more importantly, Carson Wentz is going to have a stellar run game behind his back too. So yeah, that's going to help sure. him even more. He can escape. He can get out of the pocket. Um, I'm not sure if T Y Hilton's an unrestricted free agent. I got to look into that, but um, with all the weapons that, you know, are at his disposal, I think Michael Pittman's pretty good. Uh, you know, definitely torch the bills a little bit, but still has some room to grow kind of like a raw product, similar to a, you know, Gabe Davis. Um, but you know, it matters to the bills because we hit the wild card again. and We face these guys, right? Possibility again, Mm -hmm. going into the next year, uh, you know, matching up against them would be very interesting all over again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Phillip Rivers is the, uh, if you're comparing them, Phillip Rivers is the veteran, just reads any blitz (laughs) kind of guy. And even if he knows he's going to get hit, you know, he'll still try to make a play. He'll dump it off to the backfield. Carson Wentz kind of has that escapability factor. And you wonder if that's going to, ignite his career or stunt his career in Indianapolis because, you know, it, it, he did great in Philly. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you just wonder how that's all going to, you know, unravel. Um, so let me ask you something, Dan, obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started and, you know, I love that we can talk a little bit and kind of hash some things out as far as, you know, what we're expecting out of the bills. And, Um, one thing in particular, we were kind of both at peace with, which was pretty, pretty interesting was we don't really feel like the bills need to make too many big splashes. No, we don't. And
1: so it's funny, like right that you say that. And so I said the exact same thing right to you. Like, I mean, like how lucky are we that this off season as bills fans that we don't need to make like some ridiculous splash for us to actually like make that next step up. Like, say, for example, that this entire team were not to make a single big splash move, I would still be confident that the Buffalo Bills will still win the AFCs next year with the team that we have. And that's even including, say, that Milano walks and say that, like, I mean, like, we have all these, like, up the you know, like, I mean, like, all of these free agents that are ready to hit the market don't come back. I'm still feeling right to the point where, like, we are still completely fine. Mm-hmm. It's all about filling these holes with, like, like these, like, second-tier or third-tier players that can fill the roles that we need to, and, like, we would have a very, very similar season. Because we are blessed enough, like, way right to the point where, like, we have enough players that are still on the rookie deals that are, like, have so much chemistry and are ready to, like, move forward, like, with it, like... Don't get me wrong. Like, would absolutely love, and so to make a move for like a huge pass rusher, and so would love to draft, and so like a huge running back. Like, honestly, like I mean, like honestly, and so like I'm going to pound the table, and so I know that this might be a very sort of the controversial take, but I feel like we need a fucking incredible running back. I really, really do. I am pounding the table for Chris Carson. I am pounding the table for Chris Carson. I wonder, well, okay,
0: but you got to admit, with Chris Carson, he is such a scheme guy. He is. You know, if Mm -hmm. you get him in the right scheme, Mm -hmm. he will destroy a defensive line and the second level. And that's something that we want to see. We because it's let's let's be real. Whenever Singletary got to the second level, that's when he was most explosive. Singletary's sure. biggest issue was getting beyond the freaking first level. It was so frustrating. Yeah. And we're blaming everyone, but Singletary. Now we're blaming mm-hmm. Singletary because there are options to replace him. But yeah. I was of the belief, remember when I told you before the season started, that I think he was going to be on the hot seat this uh, this year with Zach Moss coming in. You, Zach were, Moss could you hurt. were right. You yeah. were right, dude. It was nope. just something, and I'm telling you. And so yeah. I thought you were crazy
1: when you said that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were crazy when you said that. You and, and, because right. he came, he came off right.
0: a very, well, he was very explosive um, off of a lot of, you know, read option and, and the threat of Josh Allen. But you look at going into another season where there's tape on you and they know, okay, this guy, if we stop him at the first level, we're good. They know that teams know that that's an issue. See, if you, in retrospect to like a guy, like, uh, let's look at from Bill's history real quick. I think that's the big difference between him and Willis McGahee. See, Willis McGahey never had a crazy, you know, Highlight reel of being able to bust out 40, 50, 60 yard runs. He was the kind of guy that would guarantee you being able to break through that first level of the defense.
1: And okay. that
0: really helped out the Bills' offense back then. Now, that's what we're looking for now. Does a guy like Najee Harris provide that? I don't know, right? I want to believe that, but. You know, we got question marks on the offensive line. We lose Feliciano or we lose Darrell Williams. Who do we plug in? Who do we shuffle around? We're not losing Cody Ford. So you still got continuity there. Uh we still have, you know, Deion Dawkins. So it's a possibility to still be able to shuffle people around to figure out what works best. But, you know, if if I'm looking at the running back position,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm probably going to get some heat for this. I want to yeah. implode it. I want to, I want to put dynamite on it and I want to start fresh. I want to get rid of everyone. I want to get rid of everyone Okay, because no one has shown me at all that they fit the mold of what the Buffalo bills are trying to do on offense. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to go on the record with that. I just, I don't like who we have and I don't like, you know, the Williams kid is explosive, but let's be real. He was not playing against the ones. And so let me ask you this, right? So many people,
1: so they give me shit on Twitter. They give me so much on Twitter for this, right? And like, I feel like that I am one of the few people that believe this. If we're on the draft board, and so if we do not pick up a running back in free agency at all, and if Travis Etienne or Najee Harris so is available at the 30th pick, and so are you picking him? I get so okay. much shit for my thing. Okay. If well, either of those remember two remember what are I told you, I was on. I was in so your you live chat.
0: Him. I was in your live you chat, you and were. I told you. you and it's funny you brought that up because I remember what I said. Because we, I was, I was, I love ranting away on your on your live chat and getting all the guys going in there. It's fun. Um, sure, but for real, uh, I want the Bills to trade back. Because I feel okay. like we're not going to be able to really resign a lot of people. We need to stack in the second and third round. If we can trade back, get another second round pick, get another third round pick. I say we do it, man. Look, Terrell okay. Davis, Terrell Davis was a six round pick. Okay. Okay. Aaron Foster, undrafted. Running backs are not something you go absolutely head over heels and love for. Look what happened to Ezekiel Elliott. Is he taking you to the playoffs? No. Is he improving your offensive line? I guess not. So then it's it's like one of those things where a lot of it does fall on coach, quarterback, and scheme for a running back to be able to just explode in the offense. Mm-hmm. And the only <laughs> so the only player that will ever trump that theory will forever be King Henry, okay? But any, anybody else, I just feel like you have to admit that.
1: Okay. And so you're telling me right now, say that we're sitting at 30, and then Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, and so it was available, you wouldn't take them. If. And so you wouldn't take one of them. If we were sitting at 30, you would not take them. For the okay. I'll pay.
0: The only way, the only way I would take them, the only way I would yeah. take them is if someone does not give us a second round or a third round pick, I'm going to okay. go on the record with that. If we're sitting there and I find out the next day we didn't take them and there was no offers to move back into the second or move back in the third, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be very upset. Uh, yeah. You know, because it's a big risk Especially when in the event you get those sec that extra second, that extra third, dude, you could help so much with yeah. the linebacking core. Maybe getting, you know, an explosive tight end in the second round. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. It's just something to think about.
1: And so honestly, Steve, like I mean like here's how I look at it. The reason that we lost the AFC Championship, the sole reason that we lost the AFC Championship was the fact that we did not have a run game. If we had a running back like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or a Chris Carson or some type of explosive running back, we would have been playing in the Super Bowl. There is no doubt in my mind. It just so happened that the Kansas City Chiefs, they ended up making a defensive game plan that every single team that we should have been playing this entire 2020 season should have implemented. And they didn't. They completely shut down our pass game. Even if we had a running back, an average running back, that could be somewhat of a threat, we would have been to the Super Bowl. Like right at this point, like so many people, like they like want like this pass rusher, they want like this game-changing defensive player, like etc., like that, like will fix all of our problems. It is clear that the Buffalo Bills are an offense-first team. We are an offense first team. Yes. And if we had a threat, even a medium threat running back, then we would have went to the Super Bowl. To your credit, to your credit
0: and that point, you know, what you just said may sound simple, but it's actually complex. Here's why, which is good. I really like what you brought up because the one person that kept ringing in my head with what you just said was Leonard Fournette. He didn't show up mightily throughout the entire season. Shows up in the playoffs. He decides to turn the on switch and destroy defenses. I mean, made the Kansas City Chiefs look like Pop Warner players. Like, it was unbelievable to see how he was literally mauling people to just get a first down. He didn't really care about getting the big play. It was. I want to get a first down and I'm going to claw my way to get that first down. And I agree with you. That is something that may be looked at as mediocre, but in the grand scheme of what would really help the bills, especially in a game where people aren't getting, you know, open that well and it's sticky coverage, you know, AKA PI. um, You do need that. You do need that. And I do agree with you. It's just how, like, let's be real though. Like, how in the hell do you evaluate players to know they're going to be able to be that guy in the NFL? Look, Singletary had all the stats in the world coming out of FAU. Zach Moss comes you out shouldn't. of Utah. You know, so you uh, Pac-12, I believe he was a Pac-12 player of the year, no? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can't make this up. And, and so they're trying and they're looking at the board. They're looking at awards. They're looking at stats and they're just like, but what is it going to take? And, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, that is, it seems like, we're missing. And, you know, you look back at the 90s, right? (laughs) Yeah. You had Bruce Smith. You had Bruce Smith, right? You had Ronnie Lott. You had Steve Tasker. You had Cornelius Bennett. You had a lot of positions that were really locked up. But could you imagine, what would the Bills look like? And I'm talking offense, Andre Reid, Lofton. You know, Pete Metzlars, Jim Kelly, you name it. The offensive line was stacked. But what if the Buffalo Bills didn't have Thurman Thomas? What if we're not making four Super Bowls in a row? And that's kind of the thing here. It's like now, right now, you know, analytically speaking here, like we're looking for a Bruce Smith and a Thurman Thomas. I feel like in my opinion, Dawson Knox has definitely got, he hasn't gotten his fair shake. I think he's delivered pretty well. You want to knock him for the drop passes last year. Good thing you did because that maybe he heard you and he started to actually catch the damn football. He made a difference this year. And, um, I think he stepped up his game. He's in his second year. Give him a, give him a break. Uh, there's really no tight ends that he's competing against if he's the starting tight end. So there's a lot of pressure on him that he has to learn pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, if we're, if we're going to be real, the bills make the super bowl with a good pass rusher and, and a, a quality, I say quality because yeah, you don't need maybe the superstar, but you need a quality running back. And um, I think we can agree there.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like honestly, man. Like I mean, like here's the deal. So I like like, honestly like want to hear your opinion on this. You're a perfect offseason. You are a perfect offseason from a free agency perspective. And so, like, you're the GM of the Bills right now. And so, who are you picking up? And so, what positions are you drafting? Let's go. Very curious.
0: I'm letting. Okay, so I'm letting Dera Williams walk. I'm re-signing Feliciano.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you? Dude, I want Daryl Williams. But...
0: I'm letting Go Daryl ahead. Williams walk. I'm re-signing Feliciano. I am releasing Mario Addison. I yeah. am releasing Vernon Butler. I am keeping Quentin Jefferson. Okay. Um, because I don't think that there's a good chance Starla tule even comes back with another surge of COVID. And potential. Right. Um, and I'm hoping that there's enough cap space to re-sign Milano. So re-sign Milano, re-sign Feliciano, let go of the players keep, you know, Quentin Jefferson. And if JJ Watt can maybe walk in and around 5 million with bonuses, Five bonuses in a inst- year, okay. a potential $20 million contract, right? give him like five to eight million a year or excuse me. No, 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 no. You give him five to eight million in the first year, the next year, he's got to earn the rest. You're JJ Watt. You want to just come here and you think, you know, you got to earn your keep too. Just like Jerry Hughes has at his age and we'll give you the money. If you get the sacks, you get the pressure, you provide the run stuffing ability. Like you've, like you've done in the past. If you bring that, we're going to bring the money back to you. Um, you're not in your prime, right? So you do have to prove yourself. You do have to. And I think honestly, even though his name's JJ Watt, any team has to kind of treat his situation that way, because let's be real, man. Like what if we give him all this money, all this money and our, and our defense gets worse, because maybe he's not as effective. Because he's new to the team, he's new to the players, he's new to the scheme. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into it that you need to provide motivation for his effort. Uh, okay. That's that's just kind of where I stand with that. I want him really bad, but that's kind of where I where I foresee. Now you're not going to like this last one. Okay, you're not going to like oh, it, Dan. You're oh, not going to like it. it. Damn it! Don't tell like. me you're cutting Josh Allen,
1: please. <laughs> Don't tell me you're close. Me, Josh Allen. Close, 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 close. Oh, getting warmer.
0: Getting warmer. It? What is it? Um look, man. I think that Matt Milano okay. is more valuable than John Brown. I and, totally agree with you. And and, and if like it worse comes to worse. Yeah, and if worse comes to worse, you're gonna have to cut him. Uh I, I again. And so, it, Milano, or John Brown. You cut John Brown.
1: And so, honestly, bro, like I mean, like I like foresee that happening. Like I mean, like I like think like there's like a ninety percent chance that John Brown is going to be cut. Yeah. This off Yeah,
0: I mean, Easy. you look at you look at the uh, the overall play of the Buffalo Bills. Yes, it was uncomfortable to see Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley carry the weight, seeing them getting you know, get, get, seeing them kind of get beat up a little bit. And you wish John Brown was there. And yes, John Brown did come through for us. Uh, he was very effective when we needed him to come through, when Josh Allen would roll out and he needed someone to catch the football. You know, possession catch- catches, you know, the whole nine. But um, is a possession-catching wide receiver worth the money he's getting? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's that's a really tough pill to swallow. So maybe you let so him walk. It like, who would
1: it be been, like, and so I mean, like, who would be our wide receiver too?
0: Though it has to be Gabe. So it's be Gabe Davis. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you think he's ready? I think. In, I think. think he's in, his sec- in his second year, you know what? You know what's gonna make him ready is Josh Allen, because Josh Allen, even when he was number three and number four, and was forced to rely on Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis came through. He did. There was did. a wide open touchdown. For like a fifty-yard touchdown, and Josh Allen overthrew him. Yeah. So, again, I don't think so Gabe did you Davis. Know. Hit you as far so as like, on like
1: the statistical basis, look like, at the like here's like a fact, like not many people know. Statistically, and so our deep threat receiver this year statistically was Gabe Davis. Yeah. And so you know he was our guy? He had the most stats like from like a deep threat receiver. It was him. It was not Stephon
0: Diggs. It was not Beasley. It was not John Brown. It was Gabe Davis. I mean, well, here's the thing, though, Dan. You got you to admit. If people think that Gabe Davis doesn't get better with, yeah, with more opportunities, you're crazy. He's thrived sure. in minimal opportunities. If he's for sure. getting force-fed the football, he's going to get even better. And if I want people to actually do some more research and uh, maybe if you have some time, I want you to go look up a video on YouTube and I want you to look up Brandon Marshall with Gabe Davis and you'll see the pre-draft assessment. And Brandon Marshall even says, there are things that he was doing in UCF that he downright literally had to learn five to six years in the league, in the NFL, to learn how to do it. It was instinctual for him. So for people to think that a guy like him won't excel with more opportunities, being the potential number two on the outside, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, man, I have a lot of faith in him. I think he would do amazing. And, uh, you know, as much as you want to have John Brown, you don't want to lose your defense. When Matt Milano isn't on that defense... Yeah. A lot. Right. I am of the belief that you asked, but again, I'll let, let me round this back up together because you asked me what I would do as a GM. But my expectation, the reality, right? The the infinity reality stone clicks. Thanos just clicks it, and it's back to normal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Milano's gone. Uh, you know, Daryl Williams is gone. We re Feliciano. We get JJ Watt, and we keep John Brown. We get rid of Vernon Ooh, Butler. We want
1: to Ke- keep John Brown.
0: Well, no, no I'm, okay. saying, I'm saying what's going to happen. In reality, what I believe is going to happen. Like it, the reality, Infinity Stone just got clicked. And that's exactly okay. Uh, okay. what's really going to happen. I think that Milano walks, Daryl Williams walks. We release Vernon Butler. We sign J.J. Watt. We keep John Brown. And that's going to be the new Buffalo Bills going into next year. But Interesting. Dan, Interesting. Dan, obviously, you know me you know me sure. and I will talk for an hour and a half. I want to stop mm-hmm. here where I'm going to get yeah. you back on. Hopefully when all this dust starts to settle, there's a lot of speculation still. I want to get you back on here to a uh, coming together again of uh, maybe even invite someone else on, um, just to review and assess what the ultima- ultimatums ended up being and whatever have you. So I love you, man. And I want yeah, you to real yeah. quick, give every listener on Buffalo rumblings and new listeners yeah. alike a chance to know where they can find all of your content. Now you got something new on the works here. So feel free to have the, have the floor now.
1: Oh man, for sure. So when I mean, they, like, y'all can find me just like at, so the Dan Mitchell and you can find me on YouTube. And then as far as like Twitter, as far as, um, so the, the Instagram or TikTok, it's at real Dan Mitchell. Feel free to hit me up there. Um, like so, mean, we're definitely doing a lot of fun things on the channel. And so like, I'm going to be starting, um, and so the, and so my channel that is focusing exclusively on the league by itself. So feel free to throw me a, uh, subscription. And so we we'll go from there.
0: All right. And then we, we then, then you just become best friends. Yes, Mem- remember to always, whenever you're watching a Dan Mitchell video, remember to always comment because he will comment back. Yes, you may not like sure, what dude. he comments back. Throw me a comment. To, yeah, like.
1: <laughs> and so, like, listen. Like, I mean, like, honestly. like, And so feel free to talk some shit. And so I'm down to respond. I guarantee you that.
0: What did I tell you that one time? <laughs> <laughs> and so how about be
1: humble? And I was like, how about no, bitch? <laughs> how about no, bitch? How about no, dog? You know,
0: okay. you know it hit. You know what really hit me to the core is because I got first a Gmail cur- you know notif- notification. I had, I didn't have yeah. my YouTube app. I'm like, oh, all may- oh, yeah. this this email's coming. I've been waiting for, and then it's like from Dan Mitchell. Oh, is it that guy I saw on YouTube? Oh, wow! So I click in the video. I look again, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> How about we'll, you know, we'll see. Dude? We'll, we'll How about see. No? We'll see what happens with the dolphins.
1: <laughs> we'll see no, what happens
0: dude? with the dolphins. And sure enough, you were right about that and you were right about several other games. So here we are. Oh no, exclusively dumb luck, bro. It's exclusively dumblock. That's it. I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, everyone listening, thank you so much again for tuning into the Buff Hub. Always a pleasure having Dan Mitchell. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Bills. Go Bills.